Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose uh, and our series, The Life. And if you're uh, wanting to reference this program at a later date, it is program number 19 on character. Program number 19. I'm getting some signals from yes, my wife. Yes, you need to, um, your voice uh, is fading. Oh, my voice in, is at fading. At least in my ears, yeah. I, I got the thumbs up there. Okay. Okay. We're good. We're just wanting to make sure everybody can hear us at home as well. So, um, got a lot of engineers here. That's I know, good, yeah. I'm cool. A- I'm added. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Uh, so, Susan, before we get going... Uh, would you would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we are so thankful that you um, have given us an opportunity to um, speak about your nature and your ways and your design for our lives, as well as for the life of, of everyone we come in contact with and your desire to um, to bring goodness and, and an abundance of, of love and life. And so we just pray now that you will send your spirit to guide and direct our words and our thoughts and uh, everyone who's listening. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Susan. Uh, and before we start talking about actual character, I thought it would be interesting because, uh, um, well, something happened this morning with me, and I thought about I thought about God and about nature, and I thought about... Um, you know, the question always comes to my mind as I'm observe, observing nature. You know, how does God speak to us through nature? And I was driving uh, towards uh, the Sacramento airport today, and I saw on the road where someone had hit a hawk with the car. You know, and I thought about that. And so and the I, hawk was dead. The hawk was dead, laying on the side of the road mm-hmm. dead. And I thought about, number one, that hawk, how beautiful they are. Mm-hmm how the bones are light enough and the feathers are light enough and the wings move at a certain way where they can velocity t- and, and yeah. they can see so far. They are so majestic. majestic yes. Yeah. And made so perfect. And that's who God is. He's the, he's the creator. And what happens is, 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 you know, somebody, whether they meant it or not, took the life of the, of the hawk. And we, we live on a dangerous planet. Mm hmm. You know, and, and so it's like we are the destroyers. God's the creator, and he keeps trying to keep us alive and keeps trying to create and keeps trying to create in me and you a new mind and a new, and we keep doing those things that destroy. Right. You know what I'm saying? I read somewhere where um, it's ev- everything but the selfish heart of man gives. So Nate, all nature gives, 
accept the selfish heart, heart of, of man, man who, who, who takes who we naturally take we and take. and God's desire is for everyone is like I said in the prayer is to give life and give it abundantly and mm-hmm. and we know that the enemy is out there and his desire is to destroy he he wants to win our hearts um, away from God in order that he might destroy us yep you know, God wants to win our hearts in more in order to give us an abundant life everlasting. Right, and and and, 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 and we, we know some people that are sick right now. It may not seem like an abundant life right this minute. Right, but that's temporal things. Right, it may not seem like that. You know, and we we know that. Remember, remember, we were talking about okay, God speaking us through nature. Remember that the guy he goes out, the the, the the servant goes out into the field and he looks and he comes back to the master and he says. There's wheat, but then there's tares in the field, too. And what's the master say? An enemy has done this. Right. He's implanted. The right. weeds. Right. God doesn't plant weeds. Right. The enemy does. And this planet, we've chosen the weeds. Right. We've chosen. You know, in our garden, we we go over this so many times. What do you got to do to grow weeds? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. What do you got to do to grow bad character traits? Nothing. You let your garden go, you get weeds. You let yourself go. You get bad character traits. Right. And today's program, it is about character. And, and, and an enemy has done this. He has sown the weeds and they grow. And if we don't, if we aren't in constant. Um, forward motion. right? Yes, exactly. Right. Moving forward. Mm-hmm. Perpetual motion. We, we will stagnate and the weeds will take over. The bad character traits will take over. And if you look in nature, that's how it works. Man, if you, you work your tail off on a garden. It, it, it can come out really nice. And but produce good it fruit. It produce good fruit, but you've got to water it, you've got to prune it, you've got to fertilize it. You've got to do those things that encourage the growth, let the growth happen. The growth is still a miracle, mm-hmm. and so that's how reality works. So that's kind of how God speaks to us in nature, and it's also um, how it works with the character, you know? Um and and I think that you know overall that's that truly is God's plan. But we tend to, and I think was, I was going to talk about this further on in the program. It, it's really hard to look beyond what is the here and now to what the future that God has in store for us. You know, we can read it. I think in the Book of Revelation, where the you know John is saying there there'll be no more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow. But it's like today, that's all there is. And so, and we see that, we see that what's happening in the world today, there's anger, there's, um, people are mean, uh, they're frustrated, people are, um, vengeful. They've lo- they're vengeful, they're despondent, they've lost hope. And it's kind of like, how, um, how are we, how is ever, how, how is God ever going to turn that around? We know that he will. And, and I think the most important thing is that he can turn that around for us on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's by what we behold, what we take into our um, into our eyes, and what we listen to, what and we water our garden with. Absolutely, and I think it's really important as we go into these days ahead of us is that we make a concerted effort to build that character that's going to be a positive character, something that that's going to allow God's light into our hearts as opposed to the darkness that's all around us. Yeah, yeah. Revelation 14, 12 says, here is the endurance of the saints. Right. We're going to go through some hard times here, and it's going to be hard to hold the chin up. 
and to smile and be kind and have that character of Jesus as he went through and he looked at all the suffering and everything. He continued to bring healing Mm -hmm. no matter how sad it made him. Right. And so and so in a human sense, when you say healing, because I was talking to somebody the other day, it's it's like the way that we treat someone can either be for healing or destruction. So we can either offer a smile. Yeah. Or we can be offer a frown, offer a frown. You bet we can offer a hand or we can ignore somebody if they're struggling. Yeah. So I think it's the it's in the devil is in the details and so do we allow god to take over those details yeah the li- yeah uh, and because the those little things, things the little things uh, you live up to the little things they become big things absolutely it forms the character for you know for eternity yeah yes yeah um so we're going to get into our lesson today and the first text is from first uh, john 5 11 and 12 and jesus and john said very ver- verily ver- i'm sorry jesus says verily verily i say unto you he that believes on me will have everlasting life. This is the record that God has given to us, life. And this life is the is life is the son. He that has a son has life. And Jesus said, I will raise him up in the last day. Christ became flesh with us in order that we might become spirit with him. Okay. One in spirit with him. And you know, those who see Jesus, and when I when I say see Jesus, I mean see him in his true character and re- and receive him into the heart, they have everlasting life. In other words, do you see him in his true character and do you like what you see? Right. See, remember, think of the two thieves. Jesus is on the cross. He looks like the biggest loser of the day. Mm-hmm. His disciples aren't there. Some of the, well, the women disciples were, but and John was there, but everybody else was hiding. Everybody else is jeering and and saying, come down off the Christ if you cross. If you're God, right. And, yeah, and he's looking like a big loser, and one of the thieves is mocking him, but the other thief points to him and says, I'm with this guy. Mm-hmm. He saw him in his true character, right. his humble, sacrificial spirit. Forgiving spirit. Forgiving those people who nailed right. him up. They died forgiven, right? but they didn't die changed. Right. They, they I, you know... That in not accepting, and we talked last week a little bit about forgiveness, but in not accepting forgiveness, we change ourselves. Right. We change ourselves so much that we would actually nail our Creator to a cross. And what's the prayer? Um, God forgives those um, as as you have. You'll you'll be forgiven as you forgive. Right. As you forgive. Right. And I think sometimes we can get confused about that. And say, he won't forgive me unless, yeah. Right. And yeah. and and, it, and it's just that God is saying that um, it's the same with like the younger and the older brother and a couple of other stories. It's because the person wasn't changed that there's an issue. Yeah. If you, if you don't forgive others, you don't know what it's like to be forgiven. Right. It's difficult so you to can't ex- accept it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's the human mind. The human heart has the problem. Right. God doesn't have the problem. Right. He is forgiveness personified. We're the ones with the problem. And if we can rely on him and learn how to forgive our brothers and sisters, it creates in us a heart that is able to accept his forgiveness. Right, because many times we think that it's God's problem, <laughs> so we need to do something yeah, in yeah, order yeah, to yeah, change God. Yeah, 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 you run around God. doing stuff to change God. We're the ones that need to right. change, not God, God. Yeah, God is saying, I'm the same today as I have always yeah. been. I don't need the changing, it's the human heart. And so many times we do, we try to go around, you know, saying, 
or doing things that we think will change God, make us more acceptable to God. Earn his forgiveness. Exactly, and that's not the way it works. Now, legalism means, legalism by definition says that there's something wrong with God and he needs to be changed. Right. We need, and, 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 and that's really, he doesn't need to be changed. We're the ones that need to be, we've, we're estranged from him. We mm-hmm. ran from him. We, the, the Bible says the, the, the carnal heart is enmity towards God. The carnal heart hates God. And, you know, I think that sometimes we can get confused because I, I recognize that when I first came, when I first, first, first got clean and sober, when I was in jail, when I first gave my heart to God, when I first realized that he had taken the, the obsession to use drugs away from me, at that moment, I was so close to God. I knew that I was a daughter of the king. Right. I knew, I, I, I understood that he had changed me and that there was nothing else I could do but to continue to learn more about him and to continue to follow his guidance. And then I kind of got caught up in, well... I I'm I better I gotta do when I gotta do you know if I if I don't do this if I don't change that but the reality is is even though you know I still had a foul mouth and I was still smoking and I was still you know had all these other things God loved me just as much then as He does today. Uh huh. You know it's it's not it's not the bad things that I do that are going to push God away, and it's not the good things that I do that are going to draw Him closer. God no. is there always. Always, the bad things that you do will change you to right. where you don't want Him around, and the good things that you do will create in you good, healthy habits and where you is, will want Him around. Exactly. That's how that works. Right. But you're not changing God. Right. Because you're sometimes you. if we do the good things for wrong reasons, it doesn't mean we want to. It's just like we're going to get into the story about um, Nicodemus. I think it's this program. Yeah. And, um, you know, he um, knew all everything and did all everything. But we, you know, he didn't know Jesus. He didn't know Jesus. When he came in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's that spirit of Christ that dwells in us, that spirit that's received into the heart. And that spirit is the one um, we can misrecognize it. And it got misrecognized by a lot of people. They didn't like his, his kind, gentle spirit and they nailed him on a cross because they didn't like what he represented. Right. The, the people that um, had brought up to Jesus about, they talked to him about the manna, manna, which their fathers had eaten in the wilderness as if having the food was a greater miracle than actually having Jesus, God um, there right there, and there with him. Right. And he shows them how meager it was that that gift was with compared to the blessings that he The eternal actually, blessings that he has, like exactly. the lady at the well. He said, yes. He said, well, you know, here's water. Yeah, water. Let me, I'll give you something else. I'll give you everlasting life. Right. Out of, you won't thirst again once you come to me. Right. You, know? you had leprosy and now I've I've cleaned you and you're cleansed from your sin. Right. You know, it, you, you, it was you, a complete healing. Every, yeah. Everything's a complete healing. You know, the manic, it can only sustain them for, for uh, their temporal existence. It didn't prevent death, and it didn't guarantee immortality. But the bread of heaven, that will nourish the soul unto everlasting life. Jesus says, I'm that bread of life. Your fathers ate that manna in the wilderness, and they're all dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that man they eat thereof. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. Now, once again, he's talking metaphorically 
which sometimes freaked them out because they took everything literal. Right, literally. And, and so he adds that other dimension. So not only th- through dying could he give life to men, and in the words that follows his points to his death, as a means of salvation, he says, the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. See, and, and him giving his life proves that God would die himself to protect our freedom. Now, how do we know that? He left those people free to nail him up. Right. He will let you choose death, and he will die in order that you could choose death because love, by definition, requires freedom. Mm -hmm. You cannot force someone to love you. Now, you could be so childish where God has to command. Back in the day when they just came out of Egypt, he had to give them a commandment, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Right. Because they were not capable, then they did not have a picture of a good picture of God at that time to love. Right. So he commands it, but you cannot command love. You can't force it. You can't. That's called rape. Right. And <laughs> and it would be it would be kind of interesting to sit at the morning breakfast table and you know, for you to say now, Susan, today, today I want. Yeah, I don't want. Uh, yeah, the yeah, guy's coming you, over to work on the barn. I don't want you committing adultery. Right. With him. And I want you <laughs> to make sure that you love me today. Yeah. Right. Don't. Yeah. And so I think that. A lot of times God has to speak to us in very in, in, simple terms in order to reach us where we're at. Yeah, in order to, so that we might live another day. Right. Because, you know, doing all those, going against all those commandments is a direct road to death. Right. You know, it's just the way things work. So, uh, what is freedom? Well, what is freedom without consequences? Or is there such a thing? Is there? F- yes. So, such- you know, I was talking to somebody today and I was explaining to them, you know, even though we're still on the younger end of the spectrum of life, um, because of the choices that we made in our younger years, when, because we were we drank and we were drug users that, um, you know, we we made it through those immediate consequences. But now as we get older, it's kind of like the body is wearing out faster than it normally would it yeah. had we made better choices. So yeah. we had the freedom to live that life, but there now, are still there's consequences. There's still consequences. There's reminders of that. Right. And when we talked about um, about the people that nailed Jesus up, okay, and, and it seemed at the time that there were no immediate consequences to that, but what about their brains? What about what went on in their mind day after day after doing that? Right. See, they harmed themselves for eternity. Mm-hmm. And some of them came around and came to Christ, but they still are different people. See, we are different people because we did some things that, you know, they're, they're still in my memory banks and they will always be there. Right. You know, even when God uh, changes me 100 percent, those those are evidence mm-hmm. of what you know, he doesn't erase evidence. Right. You look at the Bible, it's all it is is evidence. Right, like with David. With the David. facts of David's They're mistakes. immortalized right. in Holy Scripture. The right. facts of David's life and his sins, they're all immortalized. Right. They're, they're there forever. And they're in his brain forever. They're in his brain forever. However, God takes those instances and turns them around and uses them for good, as David did, as he wrote Psalm 53 after 51. Thank you. After he sinned with Bathsheba, right, praying for God to create in him a clean heart, and if and and also um, ex, also um, asking God to, to create that clean heart, and when God does, David prays, 
then I will teach sinners your ways, and they will come to you as well. See, so David knew that that story that he had to tell was actually going to be a story that would be told church after church, place after place, where people could say, wow, he wrote that prayer after he killed Uriah and after he committed sin with Bathsheba. He wrote that prayer, and he spent seven days on his knees in sackcloth and ashes and was totally broken down, and God came in and he cleansed his heart and said, David is a man after my own heart. And that encourages me because it's not about David. It's about the God who changed David's heart and made him a new creature because David begged for it. Right. That's what God's spirit will do. Right. We humble ourselves and beg for that new heart. Doesn't matter what we've done. Right. Because everybody's done it. Right. Everybody's done something. Yeah. We all got baggage. So nobody has a corner on the market with baggage. Absolutely. And that's why um, those stories are there in the Bible, because you can look and you can see what even what Adam did and how he uh, betrayed God and and Eve, you know, because he threw her under the bus. And you just go from story to story to story. So how do you throw Eve under the bus? Well, he said, the woman that you gave me, you know, yeah, yeah. it's so, her. So it's God. It's everybody in the room but Adam's right, fault, right? right? It's God. You gave her to me. So right. it's everybody in the room but Adam. Which is a human. Uh, That's what we inherited. Yeah, it's a bad human condition to not be accountable for our own actions. But the wonderful thing is that the whole reason of why God gives us those stories, it's not just not, not just to read and to um, memorize, it's to um, it's to not to immortalize those people and their sins, but it's to immortalize how God takes the broken Perfect. vessels and, yeah. and creates in them a new vessel yep. to be able to go and to help other people. Yep. It, it's a it's the story of God and how He works with how us. How He works with us, you know. And, and I I know that there are people who are afraid that someone might know what they've done in the past. Thank God that David wasn't afraid of that. Because right. I'm sure he had a conversation. And Solomon. and Solomon. Don't tell him I put the kids through the fire. Right. Don't tell him I burned please, my own babies. Right. Please hold that back. Yeah. Right. And, and, and God would say, you know, the, no, there's value to that. You made mistakes. There's value to that. You came to me at the end. Right. You see? And so God will treat us like his son who, who didn't sin. Right. He will treat us like that. It's it's amazing. That's that's how God is. Now the the thing about um, where where we get into problem, I think, is we start trading symbols and metaphors for reality. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where the Jews got into trouble. You know? I, I think that so when that happens, character is somewhere off in in things that I do, right? Instead of right. Yeah. who I am as a human being. Right. And so we, we are, we're so caught up in this mysterious understanding. God's like, you know what? It's real simple. It's real simple. Right. And it, that's, it is. It's that, real simple. That's where we have to bring things down is just to be, is to un- have that simple understanding. You know, be like a child so that we get those basic understandings of what God is. Yeah. And remember that, that God loves you. He's your father and he loves you just like a father loves a child. And all he asks, and he asks, and he's a heavenly father, is love your neighbor as yourself and love God, and everything will fall into place, right? Well, I don't want to love my neighbor. So, how do I do that? I have to look at how Jesus loved his neighbor, and I have to keep watching that and looking in that and studying that and saying, and and either I'm going to embrace that, the fact that, that 
he went up to a leper and, and, and healed that leper because there's a lot of people I don't want to touch. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to get close to, but he got close to a leper. And when and, you, and it's true, and when you watch it, you must practice it. You have to practice you gotta it. You got to put those things that you see and put it into practice. Put it into practice. Put those in, and that's what Paul says. Put these things into practice, and you will be changed by beholding you become changed. By looking at that character, it's all about character. Characters, right. Your character is the only thing you're taking to heaven. Right. You know, you're getting a new body, but you're taking that character to heaven. That's, yeah. That's a good thing. Yes. Um, we're going to have to wrap it up here pretty soon, folks. You can, um, you can get a hold of us at www.justasiamministries.com, and we have resources there. We have uh, these radio programs are all online there. You can go back, and in fact, this one, once again, is uh, program number 19 on the series The Life. Freedom to Choose, program number 19 on the series The Life. And what was the name of it again? The name of it was character. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening, and remember... You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.